Welcome back, Life Group Leaders, to this week's episode of the Life Group Leader Podcast. This is Pastor Evan, and I'm joined with Pastor Hayden. Yep. Tempestuous. Tempestuous. And here at Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything that we do, no matter how tempestuous it may be, <laughs> we do the, do everything to fulfill the mission of making disciples by reaching, teaching, and training. All right. Well, Life Group Leaders, we have another sermon this coming Sunday. We do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Pastor Hayden's yet to prep for it. It's Summer at Sea, God's Sovereignty and Our Prayers from Jonah chapter 2, the whole chapter. The whole chapter. And it's verses 1 through 10, just to be really specific. And this time, there's not a ton of funny names for me to read. Not tempestuous. Not tempestuous. All right, Life Group Leaders, here is the text for this Sunday, Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, which is all of Jonah chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and he heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All of you, all your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit. O Lord, my God. When, I, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land all right pastor hayden apart from the main focus that we will be vomited out of fish Mm. what is the main focus of your sermon this coming sunday the joy of this sermon is that it really focuses on something that we may not have thought about in the midst of the sermon series and that is prayer Uh, really the focus of this whole chapter is on god's sovereignty and our prayers and my focus on the sermon will be simply this that our prayers should encapsulate such an awareness of God's sovereignty that by the end of our prayers, we are wholly comforted by the overwhelming presence of God in whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. And I do uh, see that in Jonah's life here in the text. Uh, You know, he's definitely not in the the most pleasing circumstance in the middle of his prayer. Not really. And and, but uh, when you read his prayer, you would you it looks like he's been rescued already. Mm-hmm. And there's some reasoning for that, and especially if you know the Old Testament uh, and uh, ancient uh, Hebrew culture. Uh, water was not their friend. They didn't like water. They didn't like surfing. They didn't. They did not or like sailing. surfing or cruises. Uh, that's right. I mean, there's a, actually a lot of evidence that suggests that uh, the water was always seen as a dark, evil place. Uh, where God's presence was not. And so the fact that Jonah found himself in that exact situation was very troubling for him. So the fact that he even got swallowed by a whale or a big fish, sorry, if you will, right, was really salvation for him uh, anyway. The fact that he was no longer 
drowning in the sea, that God had already done something great to, uh, to redeem him from Sheol that he was in. Uh, but for you to see that even his problem wasn't over, but yet his prayer still reflected this uh, understanding of God's sovereignty. And you can see uh, Jonah's comfort in God's uh, control in his situation. And so that's what we're going to be looking at uh, uh, a little more closely this Sunday. Uh, the points will be something like this. You need to, number one, you need to pray with God's sovereignty in mind. We need to pray with transparency, and we need to pray using God's promises. There's uh, a couple things you need to know uh, as, as far as insights go with these points, um, especially as you're leading in your life groups. And that's what this podcast is for. It's for you life group leaders to get a, a good grasp on how you can lead well in your life groups uh, using uh, each week's sermon. Uh, and the first thing that we need to look at is to understand that Jonah isn't the main character in the book of Jonah. And, and everyone wants to say that. And if we're not careful, uh, we too will fall into that trap that Jonah is the main character. But when you look at the text, you understand without a shadow of a doubt, one would even use the word unequivocally. We know the main character in the book of Jonah is God. And so we have to know that. And that's why point number one is pray with God's sovereignty in mind. Um, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. And he called out to the Lord, and the Lord answered him out of the belly of Sheol. He cried, and God heard his voice. And look at verse 3. God, you cast Jonah into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded him. God, all your waves and your billows passed over him. And, and you keep going to, uh, verse by verse by verse by verse. God is the center of the story. It's all about God. And when our prayers become about us and not about God, we miss we miss the point. And just like if we look and think Jonah is the main character in the book of Jonah, we miss the point. God's the main character. And even in our prayers, we got to remember that God's the main character. And we got to be praying with that in mind, that he is all-powerful, that he is transcendent yet imminent, that God is in control of all things, but yet he looks and sees prayer as a means to accomplish his will. And for that, to us, is uh, one of the most special things in the Christian life, that God would uh, use us, relate to us, commune with us, and fulfill his will in us through prayer. I mean, that is a special thing, and that's why we need to talk about that for point number one, uh, and to be specific, to uh, look and make sure that we can lead our group well when we talk about what is the relationship between God's sovereignty and our prayers. All right, well, Pastor Hayden, there is a lot of context in this prayer, but what are some helpful insights or even phrases or things mm -hmm. that you discovered in your study that would be helpful for us as life group leaders as we prepare to lead our life groups this coming right. week? Okay, uh, there's a little more on like, the sovereignty of God in our prayer life. The J.I. Packer really does a good job uh, with a little paragraph that he wrote in Concise Theology, A Guide to Historic Christian Beliefs, which is a little nice little uh, systematic theology resource that you could purchase. But he, he says this in a, a section on prayer. He says, There is no tension or inconsistency between the teaching of Scripture on God's sovereign foreordination of all things and on the efficacy of prayer. Right? What does the word efficacy mean? It means uh, that it is effective. That means that it is actually powerful and, and it's doing something. Right? There's no... There's no inconsistency between the, the fact that God has foreordained everything and that yet our prayer still has power and effectiveness 
uh, as we pray to that God who's already foreordained everything. Right? So the God foreordains the means as well as the end. And our prayer is foreordained as the means whereby he brings his sovereign will to pass. Did you see that? Like, of course, God has it all under control. He's got the ends, the means, all of it. But yet he decides and desires to use us within that framework uh, to be a part of his great uh, sovereign will. And that's why we pray, friends. That's And that's why we're going to teach on this and make sure that we all uh, recognize that as we jump into the text this weekend. And Pastor, what are some helpful cross-references that we can use to kind of help us have something ready for our life group as we talk about this prayer in in Jonah. Yeah, uh, so if you actually study uh, chapter 2 in the book of Jonah and you have a good study Bible or have Logos, Logos is a great help, uh, you're going to find that really all of chapter 2 is the Psalms. I mean, Jonah is praying Scripture throughout all of these verses. I mean, he's he's quoting Psalm 18, Psalm 118, Psalm 120. Uh, I, can, I, can keep, I can just go in and literally open up uh, Jonah 2 and, and talk and, and click on any of these. Well, uh, please do. Uh, yeah, I will right here. Uh, let's see. Psalm 31. Let's um, click some more. Psalm 50. Psalm 3. I mean, you go through there and... He's just like quoting some Psalms, Psalm 31, 22, Psalm 42. I mean, he's just quoting Psalm after Psalm after Psalm, Psalm 88. It's over and over again. And it's it's really cool to watch uh, how Jonah begins speaking to God with God's very words. And I think that's so special. And, and we shouldn't lose sight of that, even in our own prayer lives. That's why my point number three was we need to pray using God's promises. Like, you need to pray scripture. You need to pray God's promises to us back to him. And that is that symbiotic, if you will, relationship that we have with God, that, that we would be his children in such a way where we would speak to him using his promises to us. And uh, Jonah did that. And as he was doing that, he found great comfort, even in the belly of a great fish underneath the sea. He was still praying these beautiful promises uh, while being real with his situation. And it was really great to watch how Jonah's trust and, and I would say, comfort of the overwhelming presence of God was made manifest through this uh, transparent uh, trust in God's sovereignty kind of prayer uh, to God. And so I, I wanted to point that out. I wish I could spend a lot of time on it in my sermon, but there's just too many Psalms quoted there to really to talk about all of them. But for you as a life group leader, to do some study on that, and maybe you can bring up some of those specific Psalms within your life group context. And it's very helpful that in DBR, daily Bible reading, we have been going through the Psalms. And as I was prepping for you know, talking about Jonah 2, I was chuckling, like, these seem oddly familiar, and mm-hmm. sure enough, it's right. the Psalms. Oh, yeah. So this is why it's so important for us to make sure we're, that we're taking note of what we're reading in our Bibles, especially as we, as a church, go through the daily Bible reading, because this is why we read the Bible in the year, over and over, so that we can recognize what God is doing with his word, so that he can build us up to follow him. All right, well, Pastor Hayden, shifting gears a little bit, how should we get ready to lead our life group with application questions this week? Yeah, one of the questions I'm going to ask pretty directly is, uh, you know, if God is sovereign over everything, then why do we pray? And so I know I leave that kind of on your plate to uh, to lead that. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I think it's such an important question. And if our goal is to really help our, our life groups grow, we need to ask these hard questions. And we need to ask, like, well, what, what place do our prayers have in, in the presence of an, an all-sovereign God? And uh, I think that's going to be a good question for you guys to discuss together. All right. Well, then here's a preemptive question for our life life group leaders. Mm -hmm. How how should we push those who already agree are our Calvinist Reformed brothers and sisters who are like, amen, we should do it. How can we push those who might think they know or might know to say, hey, make sure that we know that you know. Right. I mean regardless if you believe, you know, what you believe about the depth of God's sovereignty, which I hope is a biblical view, right? I hope it's not, well, you wouldn't say you're a Calvinist or Arminian. I hope you would believe that you're a Biblicist, right? We just want to say whatever the Bible says, that's what I'm going to believe. Uh, but for all of us, it's like you may believe God is sovereign, you know, in your mind, but when things are going on in your life, do you really believe God is sovereign? Do you really believe God's in control of everything? And on the topic of prayer, if you believe that God's sovereign over everything, then why aren't you bringing it to him in prayer? Like, why does our prayer life lack when we believe that God is sovereign over everything and he uses the means of our prayers to accomplish his will? Like, we, we, we don't believe in God's sovereignty when we don't even go to God to pray about the things that we tell people that we want and desire. Or we haven't even thought about our prayer life enough to even consider that God would be sovereign over everything that's going on. I mean, some of us have kids that are not saved. Some of us have family that's dying. Um, and some of us are struggling in our marriages. Some of us are struggling uh, in, in a million different areas. But yet, we don't even go to the sovereign God of the universe in, in prayer, calling out to him, using his promises and, and giving them, capitulating them back to God and asking him to, to uh, save us, to redeem us, to take our marriages out of the depths and as we cry out and that God would, would save them. Like salvation belongs to the Lord. I mean, do you, I mean, come on. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. I mean, whatever you believe, do you live that out? I mean, do you really trust that God is going to answer your prayers? And do you really trust that the means of God, uh, God's will happening on earth has a lot to do with his saints praying on behalf of, of his will? And, and that's why we want to pray the Scripture, because at least when I'm praying Scripture, I know I'm praying God's will. I can use all my own words and never quote Scripture, and I'm, never, I'm not sure. I just, I just don't know, because I, I, I don't, I'm not consulting God's word. But when I... When I'm praying God's words back to him, I know that's God's will because he said it. And all I want to do is conform my life, my prayer life, my marriage life, my church life, every every part of my life to, to God's word. And speaking of which, that's what you wrote down in the, our resources section of the podcast for mm-hmm. our life group leaders. So for us as life group leaders, what do you mean to, for praying scripture as a resource for us to be able to help lead our life group in this? Well, for us, isn't that Don Whitney? Is Don Whitney right there? It's a good book by uh, Pray the Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney. Yeah, pray Don Whitney. Yeah, praying the Bible. Right. We need to. We can go to a text. Go to a text that is about praying, and you can pray it. I think you did this in a podcast a couple weeks ago. Psalm twenty-three. We can pray to God His very words because we know when we're doing that, we're right in line with His will, and it's genuine. Because what I want to do is I want to I want to preach the promises of God into my heart, and I want to pray the promises of God back to God the Father. And so, I, I mean, that's the benefit. The benefit is you using what God has already given us in His uh, inerrant, infallible Word uh, to guide our prayer life, that we would know that we are praying God's will, and we're praying the desires of our heart according to His Word. I mean, 
I don't if we're not using God's words when we pray, I, you know, and Jonah did a really good job. And I'm going to talk about that in the sermon. But I want you just if you would just look at Jonah is being transparent and everyone's used. Well, everyone may say this. They would object to say this. Well, how can I be transparent if I'm only just recapitulating the Bible? Jonah literally did that. I mean, he says, for you cast me into the deep. Is that what happened? It is what happened. Into the heart of the sea, and the flood surrounded me, and all your waves and your billows passed over me. I'm driven away from your, shot, your sight. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds are wrapped around my head. At the roots of the mountain, I went down to the land whose bars closed me up forever. Yet you brought me life from the pit. O Lord, my God, when my life was fainting, I remember the Lord. He literally just recounted what happened to him. But yet every line is a psalm and a psalm and a psalm and a promise of God and a promise of God. And that's why I love he, he, he culminates this by saying salvation belongs to the Lord. Right? And that should not be the end of all of our prayers. Is salvation belongs to the Lord. We can be honest and, and transparent in our prayer life and still be preaching the word of God into our heart and praying the word of God to God the Father. I mean... Yeah, that's that's what's where I'm at with that. And a helpful resource in other books, we have you know Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney, which that is a great resource to help you pray through the entire Bible, starting with the Psalms. And another book is called A Praying Life by Paul Miller. And that book is going to be very helpful to help learn how to cry out to God in a biblical way that we see throughout the Psalms, as we see in Jonah, to say, here's the reality, God, help me. And this it is such a helpful resource, A Praying Life by Paul Miller. Great resource to have. All right, so Pastor Hayden, any more notes on your sermon, or should we shift gears to our training? Yeah, I just pray for you guys this week. I think this could be, uh, this sermon series, I hope in your life, it has been uh, impactful. I know it has in my life and in our life group. And I just pray that this uh, sermon series will do so much to uh, to really undergird our faith, our, our faith with God's sovereignty, and uh, that this sermon series, even though short and brief, would would do great things in the life of our church. So, uh, but next we're gonna jump into our training. We're gonna jump into this training topic: how to spot potential leaders. Ooh, that's right. I know that our church is growing. Actually, I just looked at it this week. We almost hit 200 people in life groups. What? Yeah, that that is a all-time record at our church, uh, which, again, we're not just about numbers, but we're about people, and people count as numbers, and so we are all about discipleship, and it's just been really great to watch all the people that God has brought here get plugged into community, but what we need is more leaders, and so part of that is you guys as life group leaders learning how to spot potential leaders, and then what do we do next after that? And so what I have here is an acrostic for you. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. It's called Faith, F-A-I-T-H. Real original. Real original, isn't it? I'm sure I did, I did not come up with this. Uh, but here's how you can spot potential leaders. As you're leading your life group and engaging with people every week, you need to look for people who exhibit these traits, right? F is faithful, right? They need to be faithful people. They need to be there. Right? They need to be faithful in their uh, commitment to the life group, obviously in their spiritual life. Right? You need to see uh, a substantive uh, faith in their life and a, and a kind of commitment uh, that shows you that they're faithful to God and faithful to people. You find one of those people, that's a really great mark uh, for a potential leader. Uh, 
A, they need to be available. And there's a lot of faithful people out there who are really, really great at a lot of things, and you just can't get them around, right? We just can't get them to show up to things, or you can't. You can't get them connected. You can't call them or text them. You just can't reach them. And we're not saying these people are disqualified from being great Christians. They're just probably disqualified from being potential leaders, because if they can't be around, they can't lead. And so for us, we need to make sure that they're faithful and available. And then I, they need to be intentional, right? And I, what I mean by intentional is uh, in, in a lot of different aspects. And so when, when they come into your life group, are they engaging with people? Do you see them moving around the room talking with people? Uh, when they're uh, sitting around uh, and you're talking about the life group questions, the application questions, uh, are they reading what they had written because they actually prepared for it intentionally before they even showed up? Right? Are they asking questions about the question? Right? I mean, are they intentional enough to say, I'm not just going to answer this question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into that a little bit and engage with it intentionally a little bit more. And those, those are just some little ways they can be intentional, not exhaustive. You need to be looking and just saying, is this person intentional? Then we need to make sure that they are letter T, which is teachable. Teachable. That's right. We need to make sure that they're teachable. Uh, we, and that is really another code word for humble. We just want to make sure that everybody who serves in our church is, is humble, that they're the kind of people that we can speak truth and life into, that they're the kind of people that you want speaking life into you. And uh, to, for that to happen, they need to be teachable. Right? They need to be the kinds of people who will listen to this podcast, not the kind of people who would shirk it aside and say, I don't really need it. Right? I mean, they're the kind of people who say, I want to make sure that uh, we're doing this and being good stewards of, uh, of this church as good as possible. And so they need to be teachable. And then the final letter is H. They need to be hungry. Right? They need to be the kind of people who just, who just want more. They want more of the Lord. They want more. They want, they want to be more a part of what God's doing in this world. Uh, and for us to find those kind of people who aren't just apathetic, the kind of people who are passive, I mean, we want to see people who are ready to charge the hill with us. And if they can, if they can model faith in that way, I think you have yourself a great potential leader. And then what you need to do finally is connect us with these potential leaders, right? Connect us, be thinking about who these people are and connect us with them. And I know you may say this, you may say, well, you guys already know these people. We might, we might know these people, but we may not know their potential for leadership and discipleship because we haven't been around them like you have. And so even though we may know their names, we need you to point them out to us that we could connect with them uh, and see if, uh, if they would be both interested in being leaders, uh, specifically life group leaders, but leaders in other areas of our church, uh, but also that we can make sure that, you know, that they would be a good fit for leaders uh, in our church. And so that's just uh, for the training this week, to make sure they're faithful. Make sure uh, that they're faithful, available, intentional, Make sure they're teachable and hungry. We do that, and I think we're going to uh, see God do a lot of great things through the people in our church. All right, Life Group leaders, we have a few announcements coming up. Uh, first and foremost, it involves Compass Kids, so I'm letting you guys know about it. Adventure Club registration is open. It's lots of kids being signed up, so make sure if you have a life group or if you know people that have kids that are three years old all the way to the fifth grade adventure club registration is open for them and as a reminder if you are part of the life group on campus on wednesday nights we do have kids care or 
Adventure Club Juniors for them. So for birth to two years old, we will make sure that we have kids care for the Wednesday night life group. Um, so I thought you were going to say something for a second. You leaned in, like you're about to say something. What's, what is going to happen? I'm just paying attention. That's all, all right. And also, we have a little special surprise that, you know, it's starting in August. But, you know, we get to use something cool for Ooh, Adventure Club. Are we telling them that? We can if you want. Well, let's wait. Let's wait. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Pastor Aid, what's coming up on August 13th and 14th? We have our churchwide outreach on Saturday, August 13th at 8 a.m. And we're going to start here at the building. And then we're going to go out into the community. And we're going to invite people to the Back to School Bash. We're going to engage in evangelistic conversations. Uh, and we're going to get out in the community and uh, as a church and do what we're called to do. No matter how many people don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, that's true. But uh, this is one our person. prayer, our prayer, and our our hope is that many people will like it, and many mm-hmm. people will see the need to to get get into church this this uh, this semester, and uh, perhaps even some people might come to know Christ because of the faithfulness of our people to do that. The gates of hell won't stop God's church. That's right. And then the next evening, we're going to have a prayer night. And we're going to be praying to God of, in uh, light of this next semester, in light of all that we pray and expect and hope that God would do in our church. So we want you there. We want to have a, a great showing as we corporately petition God on behalf of our church. And so those two things are happening, August 13th and 14th. And then the next week, we are having our back-to-school bash. Woohoo! All right, August 21st, after the 11 a.m. service, we're going to have a giant celebration outside kind of like we did during the Easter celebration and what we want to do is celebrate all that God's doing here and we want to invite people to be a part of that celebration just to to give God honor and glory and praise and to uh, to I guess jump start and uh, really help and support the fellowship that you already have going on and I just think doing uh, regular celebrations like this are just a great way for us to continue building community. And then finally, we have our life group leader meeting coming up on August the 28th, and it's after the 11 a.m. service. I know we've been telling you guys this, but we just want to keep reminding you so you make sure it's on your schedule. And then there, we're going to give you uh, the rest of the schedule for the next eight or nine months so Woo-hoo. you know everything that's going on in the life of our church. So, And just as a reminder, life group leaders, we do have a life group this week. That's right, this week. Yeah, because last, last week we said that we didn't have it this week. And we were wrong. And we're wrong. We do have it this week. It's we next back. week that we don't have life groups for and two fun. weeks for two weeks and then we're back and we're back baby so make sure that so this next week we are having a life group next two weeks after that we are not having life groups correct but you can have fellowships like our group in my group and your group <laughs> all right guys we are so thankful for you i have loved meeting with each of you and for the couple of couples that i've yet to meet with over dinner uh, we are scheduling that soon but just really love getting to know more about y'all's groups and how God is using you guys to do really great things. So until next time, we'll be praying for you guys and we look forward to seeing you this weekend.